morning, I'm just going to begin in prayer and um, asking the Lord to give me grace this morning and to give you guys grace um, as He wants to speak His Word to us. Lord Jesus, I just thank You so much for Your Word. I thank You that it truly is a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. And as the psalmist says, I've hidden Your Word in my heart that I may not sin against You. And so, Lord, I just pray this morning that You would truly speak Your Word. Each one of us is, on a, is at a different place in our walk with You. And Lord, You know specifically where we are. Lord, we also know from experience that we walk through these doors some, some Sunday mornings with heavy hearts, heavy burdens, not really for sure what life is going to be or what's going to happen. But we know, Jesus, that You are our one steadfast companion that never changes and your love never ceases so lord we ask that you would open our eyes to see our ears to hear and our hearts to understand and we invite you holy spirit in jesus name all right this morning i want to kind of share and i don't really know how it's going to go this morning it's been a really uh, one of those weeks that as it's probably one of those first weeks for me that's been very busy and a lot going on um, some good things, some hard things, but I know that my one constant is Jesus Christ. And as I was sharing with a brother this morning, that honestly, I can do nothing outside of Jesus. And I can do nothing except run into His presence and find hope for my heart. And that is where we need to be. So no matter where you are at, I want you to know that the real Jesus wants to come and comfort you and to guide you. This morning the title of the message is going to be Test the Spirits. And so how do you preach on that and just wait for the altar call? This is going to be fun. Um, when we test the spirits and we're looking at different things, I think God wants us to be as a father to His children. He wants us to be mature. He wants us to be able to discern what is right, what is wrong, and to trust Him in this journey we call faith. And so let's go to John 10, and let's look at the real Jesus. As I was talking to um, Penny, and she's doing a great job on Wednesday nights, by the way, and just really blesses me, and so you're in for a treat if you come. Um, One of the things that she talked about is her brother-in-law, or somebody she's related to, and we all know this, that bankers... The first thing they do is they take that counter, they take the real bill, and they begin to examine it, they begin to touch it, they begin to see the marks on the bill, and, and they begin to know what the real dollar is, because so often when the counterfeit comes, that they are able just to touch it, and know that this dollar bill, or whatever bill it is, is fake. And so now when you walk into a store and you, you hand anybody over a dollar, they're marking it now. So we've gotten a little bit better on seeing counterfeit, and it marks it and it does a certain color because they want to make sure this is the real, do- this is the real deal and there's no fake to it. And you see, so what I feel this morning very strongly is that we are in a season that, that it is crazy right now. Of what people believe, what they think. We have people that are coming out of the woodworks that they're kind of preaching another gospel that really isn't the true gospel. 
And if you remember a few weeks ago, John has already talked about it because we're in the book of 1 John, is that he has beheld, he has touched, and he knows who the real Jesus is, which is amazing to me. But there are counterfeits that come and they want to take away who Jesus truly is. So let's look just for a moment through the Scriptures of who this Jesus really is. So in John 10 it says this, verses 4 and 5, When He puts forth His own, He goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow Him because they know His voice. A stranger they will simply not follow, but will flee from Him because they do not know the voice of strangers. And you know, I don't know if this is like this for you guys, but it is for me. Is that sometimes when I hear people talk, and I, when I hear them explaining their theology and where they're coming from, something in me just cringes. Because I know that what they're speaking doesn't jive with my spirit, the Holy Spirit that is within me. We're going to talk about this a little bit later. But then I'm like, this isn't your voice, Jesus. So then I just kind of walk back clear, uh, further back and further back in my heart. And I'm saying, okay, I'm distancing myself from this person because this is not the voice of Jesus. And then it goes on in verse 11 through 18. It says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who has a hired hand and not a shepherd who is not the owner of the sheep, sees the wolf coming, leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The wolf is always looking to scatter the sheep. But Jesus says this, the hired hand, he flees because he is a hired hand and is not concerned about the sheep. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd and I know my own and my own know me. Even as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep which are not of this fold and I must bring them also and they will hear my voice and they will become one flock with one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me because I lay down my life so that I may take it again. No one has taken it away from me, but I lay it down on my own initiative. I have authority to lay it down and I have authority to take it up again. This commandment I received from my Father. You see, this is the central theme to the Christian faith. And it's a precursor going back to the book of 1 John, and we're in chapter 4 today. But it's, do you really know the real Jesus? And the question for us would be, when people say, hey, I'm a follower of Jesus, and I hate that we have to do this these days, but you may want to unpack that a little bit. Say, well, what do you mean about who your Jesus is? And then you begin, you allow them to speak and allow them to talk And you will begin to find out if this is the real Jesus or not. And I will tell you this, we live in a day and time where we have information coming at us all the time. So much so, you guys know this, that people that blog have now become the truth. 
And so anybody can put anything out of the internet and if it catches a little bit of fire, it blows up and then all of a sudden you have a new truth and it's no different in the Christian realm. Because it is for, for it is all too easy for us to make a picture of Jesus which is to made, made to be our taste but leaves the vital aspects of who He is out. And you guys know that we've been looking at the Word of God and we're saying we need to come back to the Word of God. Everything that we talk about, everything that is preached even from this pulpit, it needs to be examined by God's Word. And I would even test you this morning that sometimes, just sometimes, your pastors say wrong things. And you need to be able to know the Word of God and you need to be able to test even what we say and does it line up with Scripture. And if it doesn't, you just need to throw it to the side or challenge us. My phone number is 555-555. And call me and let me know. But it leads into something. I believe that we are in a time and a a place in the Christian realm that we are looking for for demons almost around every corner and, and we're not allowing people to grow. And so before we get into what it means to test the spirits, if you're not spending adequate time, and I, I finished the sermon Last week, and the challenge was, how do you get to know Jesus? How do you get to know the Holy Spirit? Is spending time in His Word and in prayer. And you say, Pastor Jeremy, what are you trying to put rules and regulations on us? Yes. In this area, we need God's Word. And we need prayer. Because those are the ways that we get to know the Father. And we can know the real Jesus. So if you go to 1 John with me, and uh, we'll start at chapter 3, verse 24, and we'll do the last part of verse 24, and we'll go through verse 3. And it says this, We know by this that He abides in us, by the Spirit whom He has given us. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, of which you have heard that is coming, And now is already in the world. And it's almost like we could go into this theme of a horror film. Dun 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 dun. It's truth and it's out there. And you see, I used to be in in my newness of faith. And some of you have heard part of my testimony. And I was a pastor's kid. My dad fell away. I hated the church. I hated God. And then all of a sudden, he came and he introduced himself to me right before my 21st birthday, and then my life was just set on fire. 
And then I began to, to learn and see what the Christian life was all about. And my heart was full and, and I was joyous. And then all of a sudden, I look at the, the life of Christianity and I began to almost listen to everybody that had something to say. And so much so, in my immaturity of my belief, I didn't know what it was like to test the spirits. There were a few times that God gave me the grace um, in certain situations to say, hey, I am not allowing that person to speak over my life. Have you ever been in that situation? An example for me would be, and maybe you can relate, uh, uh, I was a traveling evangelist for a brief time, me and my twin brother. And we were in a church and the pastor said this, and he didn't know me very well and I was very new in the faith. And he said, you're going to be an evangelist that travels from church to church. You're going to have no money in your pocket, pockets, but you're going to survive somehow. And as soon as he said that word, as immature as I was, I'm like, no. I am not going to let that word fester and grow in my life. Now, why did I say it? Because it wasn't from the Lord. One thing, I had no clue what God had for me in the future. That's number one. I was already poor. (laughs) And I didn't want to stay there, I'll promise you that. And I just said no. And there are times that we too, we need to be mature believers. And you see, John is kind of talking about something different here because remember I talked about there was a belief that was coming and it was the Gnostics that they were going to actually dethrone who Jesus Christ was in an intellectual way. And you see, when we use this word antichrist, there is a suffix that in the Greek and what it comes and boils down to in simplicity is that this antichrist is going to be against and instead of. And you see, Satan, he wants to oppose Christ and his message. And then also, if you think about it, he wants to be worshipped. He wants to take God's children and and He wants to take them and put focus on something that is not right and is focused on something other than Christ. Anything that we focus our attention on other than Christ, we might as well call it an antichrist or an antichrist spirit. And you see, Jesus Christ is the center of it all. And if we lose who the real Jesus is, what are we doing here? Why are we fellowshipping with one another? You see, and we've already said in the Scripture in 1 John 2.22, who is the liar but the one who denies that Jesus is the Messiah, the Anointed One? This is the Antichrist, the one who denies the Father and the Son. And then it says in verse uh, 19 of chapter 2, they went out from us, but they were not really of us. For if they had been of us, they would have remained with us, but they went out so that it would be shown that they all are not of us. And then Paul encourages us to test the spirits. And I know in this church, and it's really a belief that is held in a lot of areas, in a lot of churches, that our words have power. And so when we give words, it's important that we are building one another up and not tearing one another down. 
And you see, the Gnostics believe that Jesus actually received the anointing when He was baptized. And then when He was crucified, the Christ, the anointed, left Him. And so it actually wasn't Christ who died on the cross. You see, and we don't really struggle with that belief today. But there's other beliefs that are creeping into the church. And and I want you to know that we are not a church that really calls out other people and other ministries because we don't really always know what's going on behind the scene. And I'll share a story in just a minute of what I'm talking about from personal experience. But I want you to know this, everybody is innocent until proven guilty. And when we're looking at false prophets and those who want to come in and and disturb the body, because see, a wolf will always disturb the body. I want you to know this, that a a false prophet, and I've said this over and over, I'm sorry for repeating myself, will take us from Christ and put our attention on them instead of on why we are here. And I want us not to take the posture of a critic. And before you read, and and when you're reading others and their theology, you need to do research on where they are at. And I listened to story after story this week of men who are prominent in evangelical Life and and they are leaders in the evangelical church that at one time they were teaching a very solid gospel. And now they have kind of fallen away from that solid gospel, but nobody knows it. But if you look into their writings, you really begin to notice where they're at. And I want you to know this too, that it will surface eventually. The Bible tells us this, that we don't always have to be looking and searching or to be even under a spirit of fear. Because they will come out from among us eventually. But also before we are looking in and looking at people, we need to check our own heart. But I want to give you a test and something practical that you can do in lining up if you are hearing a false doctrine and a false teaching. Is first is the Bible test. When you are listening to people teach the Word of God, and when you are listening to them teach a new thing, and I want you to know that there really is no new thing, and we're going to look at that in just a minute, but there is no new thing, but does what is being said, does it line up with the Word? And I want to say this, a false prophet is not someone who you disagree with on open-handed issues. A false prophet is not someone who is learning. And I want to just talk about that for a moment. We need to be a place where people can discover the truth of God's Word. And a false prophet is not somebody who is learning what it is to know the Bible. Because there are some things that I have said in my past that I can just shake my head and say, why did I say that? It was a false belief. And I want you to know that here 
We want to be a place that you are free to learn who God is. And we realize that not everybody here, their theology is always up to par. And the truth is, I was sharing this with somebody, if I wanted to, I could sit back and I could blow holes in every one of your beliefs. And you know, if you wanted to, you could do the same to me. So my point is, is that we are on a journey to know who the real Jesus is. And I will tell you this, that we always have to come back to the Word of God. And that's what John is saying here. And that is where I come, have come to even a greater understanding. Is that although I hold to some opinions and some thoughts, if it doesn't line up as good as it feels to hold on to those beliefs, if it doesn't line up to the Word of God, I have to throw those things to the side. And you see, open-handed issues are issues that have been debated for 2,000 years now. Open-handed issues are issues that we just really don't have a great answer for. They're gray areas. And even in a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night Bible study or classes or even when you're talking amongst others, you're going to hear something from your brothers and sisters that you don't agree with. And I want you to know this, that it's fellowship with one another. Don't judge them. Lay it to the side. And listen to their true heart and true intent. And here's why I say that. I remember we were in Turkey, and a lot of you know that we served for eight years in Turkey doing church planning. Me and my um, teammate, he was my team leader, we were going to a conference. We had been in Turkey for about six years now. And you guys know very well about this, because it, it hit this area and there was great debate about it. We wanted to get revived. We were tired. We had been working with Muslims for six years we needed some energy. We needed to get with other brothers in Christ. And so we go to this men's conference thinking, man, yes, we're just, we love to get away from our families and, and just relax as men. Some of you men will know what I'm talking about. And we just wanted to get away and enjoy a, a, a down on the coast, the Mediterranean Sea. And lo and behold, we walk in this meeting and there was a divide. You had... One side that believed this way. You had one side that believed this way. And we just walked in innocent. We were in our own little corner in Turkey. Apart from the other body. And there was this great debate about a translation of the Word of God. You guys have heard this. This is where the center of this great debate started talking. Do you use Allah? Do you do this? Do you do that? And... It was coming out that during this time the translation was going to... They were trying to switch the Turkish. And I understood some of the reasoning behind it. They were going to take away the Son of God in the Bible and they were going to put a messenger of God. And a great debate began. So much so that it came to America and it became a great debate. But I want to say this about that. It was really sad to hear the accusations that were going back and forth. I heard people cursed from the stage. 
And me and my friend, we were sitting here, Dave, who you guys, a lot of you have met. We were just sitting there, whoa, what, what, wow, this is, what did we get ourselves into? And as the curses flew, you're like, this isn't right. This body is divided. And we began, we went to the guy that cursed the other guy. And we said, why are you using such strong language? And we had no clue what was going on. Why are you cursing our brother? You're using strong language. And he began to explain his position. Then we went to the other guy that was involved in the translation. Actually, he was pushing it. He was a great German, an awesome guy. And began to talk to him and listen to his reasoning of why they were changing the Word of God. Why they were changing it from the Son of God to a messenger of God. Begin to listen to his reasoning and you're like, wow, okay. Okay, I understand where you're coming from. But then I sat down at the table and this guy was a pretty cool guy. And you began to talk to him and begin to see Jesus through him. Begin to see Jesus through my brother. And although I will say this is that at the end of the day, that translation was pushed a little bit, but it was put to the side because it was true. There was a message that was going to be pushed that was not true to God's Word. And my point is this. Is that until I sat down with both parties and understood where they were coming from, I could make a great assessment to what was right and to what was wrong. And then I began to see something the devil's work. There was a man that was involved in that meeting, and I, I won't I can say his name, he's younger than I am. He began to write things down and then he began to disperse a letter all over America talking about this translation. And people began to take it as truth. This guy was spreading gossip. And I began to see that the devil's work was at at hand and, and different things were happening. And it began a great divide And then it began to set off other things. And when I began to talk to the guy that was doing the translation, and to see his heart and intent behind what he was doing, I realized that his heart was not wrong. And I'm not endorsing what he did. Please hear me out. We were honest with him and said, you cannot switch that wording, Son of God. But I will say this, a false prophet is intentional. A false prophet is devoted to recruit others to their belief. And you see, there's a difference from somebody that has wrong theology, but they're willing to be corrected, than somebody that has wrong theology and will not listen to truth. And so as we as a church, and we need to know because there are going to be some funny things that happen, but we need to know the real Jesus. We don't need to have the the posture of a critic, as I said, but we need to know. And the Bible test goes back to the Bible, then it needs to go back to Jesus. If a theology is replacing who Jesus is, 
then you need to throw it out. And you know, we look at Scripture half-hearted. And we look, it says this, that in verse 2 and 3, that every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, and every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. We look at that as just to say, if somebody uses the name Jesus, that's enough. You've got to ask what they mean when they use the name Jesus. And if it doesn't line up with the Jesus in the Bible, you probably have the wrong aspect of who Jesus is. The third is the Holy Spirit test. You see, false teachers want to draw people away, but the Holy Spirit has come to glorify Jesus. I want you to know this, when Jesus is lifted up, that all men are drawn to Him. And the Holy Spirit specifically came so that Jesus could be glorified and that God's children could know Him. And then the fourth, I didn't put it up there, I'm sorry, is fellowship. When you are in fellowship with other believers, with brothers and sisters in Christ, and you begin to wade through what truth is, and you're in real fellowship, you will find out what is bad theology and what is good theology. But if we're not in fellowship with one another, we are easy prey for the enemy. So part of our theme this year is to be Jesus-centered and to be people-focused. And let's move on for the sake of time. We'll go to verses 4-6. through six. It says, You are from God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is He who is in you than He is in the world. They are from the world, therefore they speak as from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God, He who knows God listens to us. He who is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. And last week, I hope that I instilled that you are a child of God. That you can stand before God with a pure conscience. And that He hears your prayers. And that God, godly conviction brings comfort and hope. And um, Satan's condemnation brings anxiety and despair. But I want you to know this. That the seed that God has placed in your life is greater than the one that is in the world. There is no false doctrine that can shake you. And see, John is trying to write to the church at Ephesus and saying, listen, there is false teaching among you. Do not be shaken from the truth. And then it says this in verse 5, they are from the world. And the world listens to them. I mean, I want you to know, and I love big churches. I think they're fun to be a part of and have a lot to offer to the body, but just because it's a big church does not mean God's blessing is on it. I was listening to Matt Chandler and he said this, he feels sorry for the preachers today because there are some churches that will never grow because they're the churches that are speaking truth. And only God knows who those faithful men 
are. And I'm not saying that we don't look at the big churches and say God is not in that because that's not truth either. But I want you to know when somebody is speaking from the world, the world will listen to them. The gospel is offensive. But this is another test, verse 6. It says, we are from God. He who knows God listens to us. The one who is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. And I want you to know this. To take the true meaning from Scripture, if the worship team would come. To take the true meaning from Scripture in this verse, I could twist it and say, hey, if you don't listen to me, uh, you are not from God. Or you've missed God. But that's not what it's saying here. It's saying this. That the apostles have written this Bible through the New Testament and to us through the inspiration of God. This word is infallible. This word is truth. So what John is saying here is the man or woman who knows God will listen to these words. He who is not from God will not listen to these words. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So if you'd stand with me this morning.